Michael O'Reilly, and you're listening to Beyond Notes from L Live Productions, a podcast for musicians, people that hire musicians, and music lovers everywhere. We'll peel back the layers of the music industry and find out what lies beyond the notes. All right, it's Friday night, and this is Live with L Live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Beyond Notes. I'm your host, Michael O'Reilly, and tonight my very special guest um, is originally from Calgary, Alberta, in Canada, and he currently resides in Macau. Um, he's a drummer, and his journey has taken him far and wide, and here to talk about it today, please welcome Mr. Darren Kolpaz to the show. Darren, thank you so much for coming on to do this. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, it's great to be here. Awesome, man. Awesome. And how is Macau? Macau is lovely. Actually, it's a very safe place to be right now. Um, I'm pretty thankful to be here, uh, you know, with, with regard to the virus that's affecting everybody. Business, I mean, from a casino standpoint, business is very slow. There's no tourism, but for the locals, things are pretty normal, you know, wear a mask, wash your hands and, and go about your business. Okay, great. So there isn't any kind of huge, uh, huge outbreak in, in, in Macau. It's, it's pretty much under control then. Pretty much. Yeah, not at all. I mean, of course, people are coming in and have to do quarantine and, uh, and stuff like that. But uh, other than that, things feel pretty good here. I wish it was the same for everybody else. Yes, of course, we all do, Darren. Yeah, well, it, it'll, it'll get there. It's, it's taking a little bit longer but, uh, than we expected. But, but uh, I'm in yeah. Singapore, and Singapore is getting, things are getting better here and uh, staying optimistic uh, as musicians and uh, people in the entertainment industry. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the, the evolution uh, from when you started. It's, it's, I think it's a really interesting story. So we want to go back in your timeline uh, to, from when you started and to how you got to where, where you are today, sitting sitting there uh, in, in Macau. Yeah. And from, well, from I what, just keep stumbling. From what, from what you sent me, um, Calgary, Calgary, uh, Alberta, for our viewers out there that aren't familiar with the geography, I'm from Montreal, Canada. Darren's from Calgary or near nearby, I, I believe, right? Near, yeah, nearby. I'm from a very small town. Well, not so small anymore, but when I was young, a very small town just south of Calgary uh, called Okotoks. Okay, I've never heard of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> most, most have not. Most have not. But it's a great place. Yeah, great place to grow up. Hopefully you're still there, Michael. Things kind of froze up a little bit. I'm going to reconnect.
Okay, Omar, see if we can get ourselves back online here. Okay. Hey, man. Okay, there we go. I don't, okay, let me. <laughs> okay. And we're back. And we're back. Okay, I have no idea what happened there, Darren. I'm not sure if my, my thing crashed or if it was on your side because uh, it's happened in the past where uh, one of us will freeze for a second and then it kind of kicks back in. So right, right. there, uh, everything went off. So hopefully we'll be good. And I'm assuming we're back on Facebook. I believe we are. I'm sure Omar will uh, will verify. Yeah, that's that. rock and roll. Show rock goes on. Yes. So we left off. We we left off our journey. <laughs> our yeah. journey had just just gotten started. We're in Calgary, and uh, you told me that uh, you went to university to, to study music. Correct. I did. After high school, I went to uh, Mount Royal Mount Royal College back then. Now Mount Royal University in in Calgary. They have a a jazz studies program. Okay. So that was good. That was two years. That was actually two pretty hard years because, boy, I knew nothing. I really, I'd been playing already for a living, but I knew nothing. And, okay. uh, yeah, so I made it through that. And then actually immediately after I went up to Grant McEwen, um, which is a really good music school in Edmonton. And uh, things, that's where kind of things more kicked off for me was at McEwen. Yeah. Okay, I see. So you you, you found it uh, very beneficial, you, you'd say, then by by going to school. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it it's just it's a language, right? It, uh, you know, I'm especially when you're in a jazz school, you got people talking about progressions and chords and right. and uh, you know all the theory, and you got to do classical theory, and you're singing in a choir, and all these other requirements that you have to do. And it was just, it was so eye-opening, right? Because at that time, it's like I'd been playing, you know, making a living, playing a lot of country music, a lot of rock and roll. And then all of a sudden, someone is handing me sheet music and say, well, you know, sing in, sing in German, sing in Italian. And it was mm -hmm. fantastic. It just really just opened up the possibilities, opened up all the possibilities. It was great. I loved it. That's awesome. I feel the same way. I went, I went to school a little bit later on uh, as a mature student. So I came up probably similar same way, you know, playing playing in, in smaller bars and playing, uh, yeah, playing rock and roll. I played country for a little while as well. At what my first actual gig was in a country band. I had no idea. I knew three or four chords and a couple of licks, and uh, and uh, that's how it started for me. And but school, yeah. uh, I, I'd agree with you on, on the school thing. It, it it helped me a lot, and of course, it helped me to uh, meet a lot of other other musicians. And that that was a stepping stone. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming it was probably for you as well, uh, uh, Darren. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, your first year of school, you look around the class and these are the people you're going to end up gigging with. Right. So mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of those uh, students from the different classes uh, that uh, that I, I'm still in touch with. Of course, now I'm living out here, so I'm not performing with a lot of those people anymore. But uh, it was just such a good chance to learn. And, and you know, at that I'm in my early 20s at that point. So you're just open to everything. And you know, in the campus at Grant McEwen, it's music, it was dancing, it was theater and fine arts. So all day you're surrounded by people who are creating something. And it was, it's not unusual to be sitting there doing like, you know, pad practice. And someone's, hey, can you come play congas? We're going to do some modern dance class. Oh, okay, sure. Nice. Or, 
you, know, you just you just sit around and and people kind of gather together and and just it's just such a creative experience it was fantastic awesome. i would go back in a heartbeat i enjoyed my time i had my uh <clears throat> excuse me i had my um one of my professors on uh, last week on the show uh, gary was on and i studied with them and we were reminiscing about it and uh, i agree man it was a very very uh uh great time for me man that coming up and very very productive and i got to meet a lot of musicians and i got to kind of gauge where i was because i felt the same way going into school like i I, i'm not i shouldn't even be here everyone's going to be so much further advanced than me musically and have the knowledge and have the chops and i'll just be like you know lagging behind and uh it, it wasn't really so you know we all kind of were close and close in level i mean of course there was guys that were were advanced that were really I've been playing jazz and we're really into it from, from when they were much younger. I came into it um, definitely later on, but I, I'm glad I did. So when you, when you came out of the, uh, the university thing, did you, did you go back to playing in clubs pretty much? Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, I always was playing to make my living. So either I'm playing in town, you know, and, and back then in, in Alberta and in, in uh, British Columbia, everywhere had live bands. You know, there must have been 15, 20 live country bands in Calgary and about 10 or 15 rock bands every night. So there's lots of opportunity to play locally and there's lots of opportunity to, to load up a bus with all the gear and travel from city to city to city. And, uh, you know, like like yourself and like a lot of other people, I've played all the princes and all the saints and, yeah. <laughs> you know, traveled back and forth across the country. And, and I loved it. It was fantastic. It was terrible, actually. But it was fantastic. I'm sure it is. But when you're younger and you, you just want to play, you don't really you're not yeah. really thinking of it, I'm sure, because I, I didn't travel a lot. I didn't really play a lot through throughout the country. I play I'm from Montreal. I played mostly in Quebec, but Quebec's really big. So you you know, yeah. from Montreal I'd get a gig and you know, they would drive you there. And I remember driving like six hours north and we're still in Quebec. You know, we get to Quebec yeah. City and then we go through a forest and we end up in another city and to play a blues festival for like a handful of people. We just drove like, you know, eight hours and we're still in Quebec. Um, and, you know, of course, today would be like, you just do the math. You'd be like, no, this is just not worth it. But at that point, I'm sure you'd agree when you're young, you're just hungry. You just want to get out there and play. It, it's uh, fond memories, man. I didn't mind. Uh, I didn't mind doing oh, it. I loved day. it. Yeah, I loved it. And the, the thing about it, too, I mean, let's say you're in Calgary, you're playing, you finish up. It's Saturday night. Uh, you know, relax a little bit, but then you got to tear down all the back line. You got to tear down the lights, tear down the PA. You got to pack it in a trailer, pack it in a bus. Yes. And then yes. you got to get in that thing and drive 15 hours to Vancouver. Mm. And then you're setting up on Monday morning to play Monday night. So there's actually a lot more discipline to it than, than it appears, but Absolutely. it's such a valuable, it's such a valuable lesson because you have to learn about production. You have to learn, uh, uh, how to get yourself from A to B, you know, you've got to make sure you've got gas money, you, you blow a tire, you got to make sure you've got all that. So you have to get your logistics together because it's a, you know, driving a, a, a bus and a trailer from Calgary to Vancouver costs hundreds of dollars. Right. So wow, back in, a, back in the eighties, how long, how long is a trip? Is, a trip 15 uh, hours. 15 I mean, hours. it's about 12, 12 hours if you're in a, you know, a car, but if you're driving a bus, yeah. And uh, you know, that's a different thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a fit. Or if you're in BC and you got to drive up to, you know, one of the Northern communities, uh, you know, it's uh, Prince George or something like that. 
you know, you're talking, you're talking a day of, of driving and then you're setting up and then you're playing. Wow. So you, yeah, you learn a lot. You really do learn a lot. And yes. I loved it. I really, really loved it. Yeah, That's awesome. It's awesome to hear, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I did too. I did. I, I very fond memories. I mean, uh, you know, playing and, and just getting to do what I love to do. And then, you know, getting paid for it. Of course, there was a lot more, more effort, um, to get it done back then, you know, and then don't forget, you know, like throw in a little Canadian winter into the mix now, you know, <laughs> now you're driving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. People, people that aren't from Canada that are watching this, you have to understand we, our winters are pretty, pretty, uh, pretty severe. Montreal is pretty severe. And I'm sure Calgary, I've, I've never been to Calgary, but I've heard, you know, Winnipeg and, and Calgary. I mean, the winter is also, it's. Oh yeah. Really it's devastating. No joke. Yeah. 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 But and especially if you're if you're a singer, you know, especially if uh, a little different than you see a lot of the bands out here where there's, you know, two, three, four singers potentially in a band. I, you know, the rock and roll era of the 80s, you had one singer, one, maybe the keyboard player sang one, maybe the guitar sang one, but you had a lead singer and that person sang all night. And, oh yeah, you know, if you're out loading gear in the winter, it's you really, you know, you had to really take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. so clean living that's what it's about clean living. <laughs> well we may have uh i i don't know how clean it was when i was doing it we <laughs> definitely <laughs> might have had some drinks and uh, even some substances way back in the day you know but um yeah it, it was uh it, it was fun i definitely enjoyed it so let's so tell me so um from from what i understand you get to you get to uh asia um when it's kind of just booming like in the early early 90s yeah yeah i came out um i had an opportunity to come out with a band um some of the nicest people a great band and some of the nicest people i've i've met to this day it was a, a band called cinderella rockefeller well i know um, them i know them. yeah I, I, john john rest in peace dag uh kenny on keyboards um yeah it was fantastic so came out with them and uh it was that just i never went home <laughs> after that wow wow Loved it. yeah did you guys were you guys playing at the excelsior hotel in hong kong in like 19 oh, yeah. 98 or 97 uh yeah yeah okay well then uh, yeah. i, I we, we've met before i'm i know we've met but like briefly i, I we must have met I, yeah it's one of those things i mean you meet so many folks and then everyone's yeah. traveling in different realms yeah. Um, I'm sure like if we, if we sat down for a while and, and, you know, put the puzzle together of where you were at this time and where I was and stuff, I, I guarantee we'd run across each other. I know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because we went into play at, at Excelsior and Cinderella Rockefeller was just, they were just finishing. So we were doing a transition. We we're doing a handover. Okay. Uh, yeah. Their contract. That was my ended. last gig with them. Wow. That's, that's, that's amazing. my last gig with them. Yeah. yeah, in my notes, I have that, that you came out, you came out in, uh, you were there, you were there in, in when, when did you come to Asia the first time? Uh, I guess it would have been a year and a half, couple years before that. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, we've been out for a long, you know, once they were the first opportunity to come out. And then after that, it, I just stayed, basically. Okay. So, so tell me, band you, band. you were in Canada and you got a contact to, re to audition for, for, for that band? Yeah, actually, in the if I remember correctly, in the uh, in the Georgia Strait, which is like the entertainment, the free entertainment newspaper of, of Vancouver, and I uh, went out and auditioned with um, with Kenny, 
and uh, uh, with the keyboard player and, and the guitar player and, and um, a couple rehearsals. And I think we did one gig down in the States and then on a plane. Wow. Was that fast? It was fast. Yeah, it was really okay. fast. Yeah. Okay. And tell me, how was the audition uh, process back then, Darren? I got a list of songs and some tapes, some, some you know, some cassette tapes and uh, drove out <laughs> to, where were they? I think they're in Port Coquitlam at the time or something like that. I drove out from, from awesome. North Van and picked up a cassette and went home and transcribed a bunch of music and then, you know, took all my drums out there to rehearsal and, and uh, away you go. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. 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 Learned a lot. I mean, it was a big thing coming out of like jazz school, you know, where you, I, and, and I'm a percussionist as well. So you're, you know, you're playing timpani or marimba or you're, you know, doing all the, the ensembles and big band and stuff. And then I was playing rock and, and playing blues, you know, just stuff around town at that time when I'm in school. Right. But it was all of a sudden, you know, you got bigger, big clubs and it's all dance floor and, and, uh, you know, it was a it was a different thing. It was a real learning experience. Yeah, totally. it was really same fantastic experience for me, Darren. Exactly the same. I came out of you know just playing completely live, and then not really uh, needing to needing to fill a dance floor. You know, when, when I was playing in Montreal, when I came up, it was more about people would come in and drink and listen. They might get up yeah. and just kind of do this at their tables, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> that was the extent of it, right? I know. I know the move. Yeah, I know the move. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so that's quite quite uh, something to adapt to, isn't it? Though, when you have to come out, and now it's like you've got to make everybody dance, right? Yeah, and and uh, it, I just liked it. You know, it's one of those things. We got out, and then there's there's a lot of pressure. It's a new band. That band had been together for years before I joined. I mean, I think I was the first member change in, you know, seven years or so at least, if I remember right. correctly. Yeah. So, so I, you know, and then they're they're a family you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, being with them was fantastic because they, everyone was so close, you know, and they, they really helped. And that was a band with, um, you know, John at the time, uh, may he rest in peace. Uh, He, he was doing sound and he's a brilliant sound engineer. Um, And so we sounded really good. Like not a lot of bands were traveling with a dedicated sound engineer out in asia at the time and oh, so we, he, had oh, really? we had that we had that yeah yeah he was out with front. you guys oh, yeah he, he was he was mixing out front the whole time so Wonderful. It, that really upped the game for for that for that band because john john is a a brilliant engineer awesome awesome i didn't know that i didn't know that yeah yeah because we've you know i mean i played a lot of clubs even in asia in hotels where you know there's 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 no sound they don't even have a sound man you just go into yeah. the room or someone shows up the very first day in the afternoon and does the, you know, the one, two with the kick drum and, uh, you know, it's, and then at night, of course, it sounds completely different and they're gone and you've got to just kind of deal with it uh, on the fly. And usually, usually, luckily, there's at least one guy in, in the band, all the bands that I've been in that has some background in sound that can kind of, you know, he'd have to stop playing his keyboard, go over to the mixer, you know, yeah, yeah. A little of the first set, start tweaking things. Yeah. Uh, you guys had the sound man with you. I didn't know that. It's very interesting, man. Yeah, that there would be uh, a place and enough of a budget to, to be able to do that. I think that's that's pretty, pretty cool. Well, the budgets back then, uh, well, as you know, the budgets back then were a little different. I yeah. I find back then, you know, in the 90s and stuff, um, the bands were really well taken care of. 
and uh, the budgets were pretty strong. The clubs were cool because it was still a new thing. You know, it was it was a growing market. It was a real booming market, and, and the clubs were competitive. The bands were competitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd have you'd have a band across the street, and it, you you go watch them when you're night off, and you're like, oh man, okay, it's gonna be a long week. We got we got work yes. to do, boys. Yeah, I love it. Um, I love it. Yes. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, another band will come in, and it's like. Uh, uh, you know, if another band shows up, you've got your your three or four songs that, uh, you know, it's okay. Oh, they're here. Okay, well, let, let's do Desert Rose and Mitiara and, you know, like, let's let's hit this. <laughs> you know, the big Tower of Power uh, 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 bridge endings and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was great, you know, and the bands were very, uh, there's a big camaraderie, you know. It was like uh, being on a, a sports team. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is all pre-social media, so... Of course, it's, it's yeah. to me. It's a little bit of a shame, as an observation, to see a lot of that camaraderie and a lot of that closeness is is kind of evaporating a little. In my opinion, it's evaporating a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would tend to agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not going to go on another phone rant on this episode. I promise. Mm. <laughs> I promise. Yeah, don't get me started, man. Saying <laughs> <laughs> to Omar, yeah, I think we can go for a long time on that. We can go for a long time with that, but everyone stay on your phones, please. We love the phones. Yeah. You're in Facebook right now. Keep yeah. watching. If you have any questions, you want to say hi to Darren or myself, please come into uh, Facebook and, and feel free. We'd love to hear from you. Um, I really, I really love, I miss it, man. Yeah. It just, just the way you're describing it. It sounds like such an exciting environment to, 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 to be in. And it was, I remember when I first came to Asia, the first time Hong Kong and, yeah. um, we get to the airport, we, 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 we come out and there's like a, like a limousine almost like this big black sedan waiting for the band. And I was like, yeah, this is for us, you know, and they drove us to the hotel and uh, we just threw our bags, you know, in wherever, <clears throat> excuse me. And we just went out in the street. And for me, you know, I was just, it's just like, uh, wow, all the neon and everything. I know you've been to Hong Kong many times. You know, at night when you just we're in Causeway Bay and we just start randomly yep. walking around and the vibe and I, I, it's I still remember it to this day, man. Yeah, it's it's, it's just such a, a great times uh, um, back then doing that. So when you were in Asia, uh, Darren, you ended up going back back to Canada for a while. Yeah, I went back. <clears throat> I went back uh, uh, for a little bit around 2000. Um, I you know, some family stuff and that. And then uh, I ended up uh, hooking up with, um, with a company called music center Canada. And uh, they have a couple, had a couple really nice boutique music stores in Calgary and a really nice uh, uh, music studio. So I spent some time there and, and was doing, uh, you know, retail and being in a a retail store like that is great. You know, you're selling guitars and keyboards and drums and, and stuff like that. And, and I was teaching, so it was nice to do to do a lot of teaching. There's there are a lot of really good students there, um, right. and yeah, spent spent a couple of years, spent a, almost two years back there, which was fun. And then it was then back out on the road again. You know. So what was the uh, what was what was the motivation? There's just another opportunity, or you you kind of wanted to get back out, out to Asia. I wanted to get back out and play. I mean, I I was playing with uh, with a couple different bands. Like I was playing a lot in Calgary. Uh, one of the bands was heaps of fun. They're still playing to this day, actually. I think the band went, they had a 15-year anniversary 
and it was an 80s metal tribute band like spandex and big hair and stuff at the same club for that length of time uh okay. so that was a real you know big hair and pageantry and then another you know local bands and then you're doing you know some things in studio and you're doing original things and you know like living in the city doing it but mm -hmm. i missed being in asia i missed traveling um so when you know got a couple calls from places said do you want to put a band together and come out and off we go again okay off you off you went so the second time you mm -hmm. went out you pretty much you pretty much stayed out there ever since correct basically yeah i went back i went back again um i went back again uh, 2005 and we working with the guys at the music store we expanded from uh, two stores to actually 10 so okay. um that was that was an opportunity to you know construction and <clears throat> finding the properties and and developing a a a retail consciousness you know going out and you know if there's a new owners you know a franchisee going out and training them on equipment and setting up their systems and doing that. But then after I, I did a, the set amount of time that I kind of said I would, and then back out again. Okay. And when you, yeah. when, when you came, when you came back out the second time, <laughs> did, did you, did you, were you traveling all, all throughout the, the region or were you kind of like, uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I used Macau a lot as a base. Okay. Um, but when, when doing all the traveling, yeah, I would I would come out and, and stay out quite a long period of time and doing all the same. I mean, there's there's all the Hyatts. There's, yeah. uh, you know, the, the usual <clears throat> the usual clubs, you know, some clubs okay. open, some clubs close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. OK. And uh, the, the, the traveling, the traveling part, I mean, you, you don't you, you enjoy that, like, cause, you know, doing what we do. Some people don't know that, but, you know, you do a contract. We used to do what four months, maybe six months, and then you pack up. They were shorter back then. They were Often, shorter back then. Yeah, day. yeah, that's right. That's right. They were what, yeah. like three, four months, I think, originally. Two, three, sometimes. Like the yeah. the clubs wanted to turn, wanted to turn the turn the entertainment faster. Right. Um, so that was yeah. It was felt different when you get into those longer contracts, and it was like, wow, that's a long time to be in one place. Um, mm -hmm. I like yeah. to jump around. I, I enjoyed that. You meet new people, new faces, uh, new places, you know, that's always exciting. Exactly. Um, yeah. But that being said, I've been in Macau now for 12 years. So, <laughs> okay. No, I understand. Well, I mean, I, I've been in Singapore for, for 10 years. So yeah. maybe, as, maybe as we get older, then it becomes a bit more uh, attractive to kind of just settle down. And especially having, I know you, you, I think, believe you have a family as well, like I do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I came to Macau actually. Um, uh, my, my wife wasn't interested in coming to Canada. She tried, but it wasn't for her. She wasn't. So, um, yeah, yeah, it just wasn't for her. She, she experienced okay. a couple winter days and just, that wasn't good. Uh, that wasn't <laughs> going to happen. Kidding, man. <laughs> this is not on the table. <laughs> so, um, I came, I came out to, um, to Macau and I was really lucky to, uh, end up working at MGM uh, almost immediately. So I was really okay. fortunate with that. And, and, um, a good friend of mine, um, had, a had a position to allow me to start working with his company. And then, um, then later I ended up working with MGM directly. Yeah. So it was, it was a great opportunity. I basically fell off the plane and, and had a chance to do some work and, and, uh, you know, I've been with MGM ever since, which has been a fantastic experience. Okay. This is uh 2008. When you started, that was right at the beginning of two thousand eight. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that's pretty much when pretty much when they when they opened, isn't it? Pretty much. Uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then we were taking care of all the entertainment. There was like three bands at the time, and and lots of concert, like lots of shows. You know, they do these really intense VIP dinners where there's three hundred. You know, you have a recording artist come in for a dinner with three hundred people, kind of thing. Okay. Uh, so a lot of those shows and, you know, the, there was a nightclub and, uh, a couple other nightclubs and, and it was, yeah, it was great. It was fantastic. It's a, very, it's a very big operation, isn't it? It is. Uh, well, it was for me, certainly. I mean, now, now it's growing exponentially. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I was kind of still in the entertainment business, uh, for a few years. And then after <clears throat> asked, I basically, you know, speaking to the management and stuff, we wanted to make a transition from entertainment into it because i was we're starting to see how how entertainment is so linked to the it industry mm -hmm. and it was it was really something that was just starting to happen and i really wanted a chance to try to get in front of that yeah. um and it was one of the it's yeah it's been fantastic so we were given that opportunity the management uh, gave us that opportunity to bring our whole entertainment team uh into uh, under the umbrella of it Mm -hmm. And uh, since then, it's developed and developed. And then, uh, you know, as we opened up the new property, we had a chance to build an entirely new team uh, that we call Resort Technology. And we handle, uh, the team handles so much in the building. It's, it's amazing. Um, so, it, you know, that's one thing about a big company like that. You have opportunities that uh, it, within the company that you, that sometimes you just have to say yes and jump with both feet. Just go for it. Sure. Yeah. Just take advantage of, of an opportunity yeah. and uh, it's, it's another stepping stone and uh, get, gaining some more experience. I think it's, it's very cool, yeah. but you, you did it just overseeing the, <clears throat> excuse me, the bands, you just oversaw the, the, the music, the entertainment for, for, for how many years? Oh, years. Uh, oh, I don't it's know. Quite, quite some time, so. right? yeah, yeah. 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 Six years or so. Yeah. We have a, I had a small team, but we, uh, we did that. Um, I was lucky to have, uh, or I am lucky to have uh, uh, another musician from from another one of us road warriors, um, Man Radden, working with me on a daily basis. Who's you know one of my best friends and one of the best bass players you'll ever meet. Cool. So we were able to do a lot of stuff, especially with the nightclub. <clears throat> the 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 MGM allowed us a lot of uh, latitude, and we were able to do things with bands that a lot of other clubs could not. You know, we had a, we had a dedicated technical team. Okay. You know, we're running video, video, big led video behind the band. Okay. Uh, we had dedicated sound engineers. Yeah. Yeah. Right, dedicated right. lighting guys, led dedicated sound guys that would work with the band to do, you know, like cues and shots and blackouts. And, you know, these guys were, you know, trying to be part of the show. So we right. had a chance to, to push the bands. Um, we weren't worried about having, um, <clears throat> we weren't worried about people playing the latest music or the newest music. We always kind of went to them and say, look, what are you really, really good at? Let's play what you're really good at. What do you love? You know, what do you want to get up and play? And we, we were able to take so many chances and um, you know, some things didn't quite work out, but we adapted and some things were just, were crazy. We're great. So yeah, it, it, it's interesting. It's interesting. You say that, you know, because the, the market sometimes, um, it just demands a certain thing. And uh, when you try to force another kind of music, it, it, it uh, can kind of backfire, but I'm sure there's ways around it also, you know, um, uh, in my experience yeah. at least, you know, but 
I do know when, when uh, we first came, well, I wasn't there in the beginning, but when George first came to Asia, he went and played at the Fashion Cafe in, in Jakarta. And I was in yep. the band. I was in the band, but my, my older son had just been born. I couldn't go on the road right, right from the very beginning. But we had a, like a funk, R&B, Shaka Khan, Earthwind, and all this oh, yeah. family stone and parliament funkadelic. And he brought that to Asia. And this is when, uh, you know, uh, the Spice Girls and Ricky Martin, and that was the repertoire. And they got to the gig, and it was just like, uh, you know, George, I think would, would uh, I think we, he may have discussed this. I'm not sure if he got to it when he was on, but it was just a disaster. You know, the, first, the second day, the people are like, look, you have to change all of your music. This is just, yeah. you got to play, you got to play this other, this other repertoire, the top 40 thing. But when you can do it and, it, and it's, um, it's well received, I think it, it, it's great. It's great. When, when you can tweak it a certain way and, uh, and have it work. Uh, yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. Well, it was a bit of a challenge too, like with the musicians to, to get them in the right headspace, you know, like, uh, like, for example, like you're saying, you know, the, there's a lot of desire sometimes from the hotel management and stuff. Oh, we need two girls. We need this. We need that. Right. <clears throat> so sometimes those questions come up. So the first thing we did was hire a band that was four guys. And people went nuts for them. You know, four guys, one guy singing. Right. All night. He did four sets. And uh, they were fantastic. Right. So sometimes we'd, we'd get the chance to just show people, no, you know, there's a lot yeah. of music out there. You know, Aerosmith mm -hmm. doesn't have two girls. Motley yeah. Crue doesn't have two girls, you know, yeah. Shaka Khan has Shaka Khan. <laughs> right. It. So, and, and this is, this is all, all at the, at the MGM, right? Yeah. All at the MGM. Yeah. We had a club called Lions Bar that was, uh, yes, yes. I, I pretty much packed to the rafters for a long period of time. I heard yeah, of pretty it. legendary yeah. place. Yeah. Yes, I've, I've heard. I've not got a chance to visit it, but but uh, I did hear a lot about it and a lot of good things. And I I did also hear the bands were always uh, very, very high quality, like just very well, very well done playing wise and uh, just, you know, just right on. We we tried. I mean, we built many of the bands, not all, but many of them were built. Um, that was something we had an opportunity to do. We did. We had the facility to actually hire musicians and we had an opportunity to hire well first you want to hire good people right people that that you want to see every day people that you want to be around people you can live with people that are passionate about what they're doing and the, and they want to learn and then we work with those those folks and then uh, uh you know what can we do to make your band different than every other band okay now we have the time to do it we'd bring musicians out way early so they could rehearse with the band um we got opportunities to, you know first set on a monday or tuesday night sometimes it's you know you always want to bring your a game because you never know there could be two people sitting in that audience and that could be the most two important people of your life yes but at the same time doesn't mean you need seven people up there jumping around maybe you just do a piano player and a guitar player and do a, like a complete acoustic e blues thing light it correctly and set a vibe so we were able to do things like that where it just sometimes just a piano player okay great the piano player will do half the set and then we'd bring the band, one band we had for a long time, bring them in, say, just do the rest, just singing and the piano. That's it. That's your mm -hmm. first set. Now, so, let's, let, let's build it, you know? Yeah, awesome. So you really had a chance while you were overseeing that to really, really experiment, man. Take chances, try different things. Yeah. 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 It, it's The management at MGM was so fantastic. You know, they, they really, they just wanted it. 
I mean, of course, the place has to, you know, be financially successful yeah. and stuff, but they wanted the entertainment to be great. You know, they really wanted the quality and you don't always get that. And I think an advantage that the, we had at that hotel is the entertainment wasn't driven by food and beverage, you know, mm -hmm. with, with no disrespect to the food and beverage colleagues. I have many of them, you know, yeah. um, but at, at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm not a sommelier. I, you know, I don't know all the intricacies of wine and pairing it with the right meal, but, mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to, to live music or entertainment, you know what, we've got this, you know? Yeah. So it would, they allowed, they allowed the, the people with the right background to try to build something. And, uh, mm -hmm. that was, that was fantastic. And I, uh, it was such a good experience. Wow. It sounds like it, man. Yes. Really great. We had a, a, a question from uh, Joe P is on here. Joe, Joe, uh, was on a couple of weeks ago and Joe's question is what's the biggest difference between performing in Macau and in mainland China, <clears throat> would you say? Um, now or before, uh, um, he didn't honestly, he wasn't specific about the timing, but I know <clears throat> you, I was going to get to that. You, you did tour, um, in mainland China, is it a blade, blade mark, Darren, the, the band that you toured yeah, with? Yeah, I, I spent a few, I, well, up until just recently, I've been playing with a, a, um, uh, a Macau-based recording artist named uh, Blade Mark, Yangay, right. in Cantonese. Okay. And, um, you know, in Macau, it's a smaller city, right? But right. Um, it was not unusual for us to fly out on a Thursday night and do a sound check Friday, and Saturday we're playing in 25, 30,000 people playing original music. Mm -hmm. So uh, in China right now, uh, <clears throat> I love it. I love playing in China. The gear is great. The production is great. And now I, I haven't been playing clubs out there for, for many, many years. But uh, I've been doing, you know, since, you know, for the last number of years, been doing all original music. So we've been doing big concerts and festivals. And uh, they allow you to fly, like, like I said, fly in Friday, fly in Thursday, do your show on Saturday, fly home Sunday. It's fantastic. Perfect. Really cool. Really yeah. cool. And and this artist, he he's he's Macanese. Yeah, he's yeah. Um, it's yeah. Uh, the main the band leader and the main artistic force, uh, uh, Fortes, uh, is his name. He's a fantastic painter. Um, he the guy's the most creative person I may have ever met. You know, he just he just creates all the time, mm -hmm. and uh, he writes some really really cool songs. Uh, great fun to play. Great great guy to collaborate with. Um, I just, unfortunately just had to step away from the band, uh, uh, in late in 2019. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're all still, we were all, in fact, I was talking to the, the bass player today, <laughs> so uh, okay. we're all still okay. family. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. But of course with, with, with the COVID, I'm sure that, uh, like everyone else, they're on kind of a, uh, on a pause, right? Hiatus. Yeah. Hiatus. Yeah. Hiatus. And that's really too bad because the summertime, especially, uh, it's big big concerts and festivals but yeah i mean china's gonna come back china's coming back quickly the borders mm -hmm. are starting to open here pretty quick uh yes, yes you know safety first of course but uh you know live live performances are starting to come back yeah mm -hmm. cool we have uh christine christine is on here hi christina thanks for coming on uh milan i think that's that's this is the milan i know and this is another milan and henry brown henry brown is here henry what's up man henry I know you know Henry because wow. Henry, yes, Henry played at that club quite a bit, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Henry opened that club. Okay. So uh, yeah, the um, 
there wasn't much time. Uh, Henry got there before I did. Uh, there wasn't much time and, and uh, Henry put, put something together and he came in and just, he just laid it out for, for, and he came back a two, three times, I think off the top of my head. Yeah. And I mean, Henry's bands are always, you know, they just destroy. Yeah, it's always yeah. fantastic. It, it takes yeah. me wild, right? I think that's, that's Henry's yeah. band. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, fantastic. And of course, Henry's related to Jimi Hendrix, right? You can see up behind here. That's Henry got your, your cousins on, 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 on my wall. <laughs> Henry is Henry. Henry has schooled many of us. Henry has schooled yes, many of yes. us. Yeah. Yes. I'm we're lucky Henry, to have him. Henry on the show, but we had a little bit of a, of a, uh, problem, but um, hopefully at a later time, we'll have Henry come on and also uh, do a show with us. That'd be um, a great show. Yeah. That's what I thought as well. Yeah. Just work out the timing and, and tell me about the um, soul tone. Those symbols as well, because I mean, wow, you've done. Yeah. Wow, I'm trying to think, man. You've done so many things now. Just, it's 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 quite awesome. Now you're distributing uh, symbols as well. Symbols. Soul tone. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Again, it's a. <coughs> pardon me. <clears throat> it's a product that uh, I saw some drummers coming out from the states, and they were using these soul tone symbols, which I had never heard of at the time. Excuse me, one sec. Please go ahead. And. Um, they were cool. They looked cool. Uh, they had a different sound. So I reached out as a, as a drummer to, to buy some cymbals and get some shipped out from the USA. And I met the, uh, the, the, the owner, uh, Icky Levy. I had a chance to meet him and he's, he's mm -hmm. a really super cool guy. <clears throat> and then, uh, we're talking and the opportunity came up to, to start distributing, um, in China and, and Macau and Hong Kong and, and the region. And, uh, it's it's again when a door opens and you know you you just say yes and go for it. Yes. So I found uh, found myself uh, going to do uh, trade shows and and uh, you know all over China, um, mm -hmm. you know selling doing uh, bringing artists out, bringing drummers out to do clinics and clinic tours. And yeah, it's been fantastic. So awesome, man! Awesome. That's a really good opportunity. Uh, tell me, Dan, you 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 must speak you speak Chinese. Uh, far less than i should far <laughs> okay. hopefully more more than most people might think but far far less than i should okay okay but there's always someone there that can kind of uh can, can translate uh, whenever i've been to china there was always one person on the team that can be the you know if we were stuck yeah yeah well i yeah for things like for soul tone and stuff like that we had we had a team and uh everyone was was from China primarily. So um, you just try to surround yourself with, with the right people. Okay. Okay. And that's, that's still ongoing. The relationship with, with those guys is still, still ongoing. Ab yeah, absolutely. I just, I, I just, the end of 2000, just last year, I stepped away from it um, a little bit. So I just wanted to kind of, I had to slow some things down a little bit for, for medical reasons. And then, uh, yes. I know you, you yeah. So like with the band and with, yeah, with the band and with Soul Tone, I've just kind of stepped away and, and uh, uh, you know, focus on, on MGM and focus on my health and stuff like that. Yes, of course, of course. And I hope everything is good now, health-wise, everything. Oh, is. really good. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, that's great. Great to hear, man. Great to hear. It's such a pleasure to have you come on, man. Really, quite a, quite a story. So the, um, the director of resort technology, so, like, you're overseeing, um, like, both? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a hard thing to explain. Like a huge, but the, a, huge uh, a huge undertaking, a huge thing to kind of to be overseeing. Um, I'm it, interested. It is. You know. I I feel it is. Um, <laughs> uh, again, it it was a it's a great opportunity because uh, the the management at MGM kind of went. They wanted to. They they also understood that with entertainment, with a lot of other other things, you need to diversify. You just can't have a group of just IT centric people. So there's myself and there's, there's, uh, I mean, we have a team of close to 50 people. And, uh, so we handle all the convention events. So, mm-hmm. you know, concerts and, and, uh, guest events and, and anything like that. <clears throat> we take care of the in-room technology. So there's a lot of technology in our buildings. Uh, a lot of it is custom made. So how, you know, devices that work with to control the rooms and we were, we take care of all the lighting. We take care of the background music. We take care of, uh, the video. We have a wonderful theater in Kotai. Um, it's an award-winning theater. The led walls move, the floor moves. Uh, the led wall is, um, I'll give it to you in feet, uh, 270 feet long and 60 feet high. Wow. It's got five doors. It's all seamless. Yeah. It's beautiful. Oh, it must be incredible, Um, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have another space called the spectacle, which, uh, when it was built is the largest video installation in the world. It's over a thousand square feet, um, of, uh, sorry, a thousand square meters of, uh, led canvas, uh, 68 million pixels. So it's gigantic. So we operate that as well. Yeah. There's, there's, uh, we get to touch a lot of stuff and a lot of technology. And we have the opportunity to use a lot of really, really cutting edge technology and work with partners to, to build things, you know, to do things that don't exist. You know, we're not buying something. We're working with people to design and to build and, and to make something for our guests that, that hopefully no one has and, and hopefully people enjoy it. I'm sure. And like the, the theaters uh, post, uh, pre, I'm sorry, pre, Pre-COVID, were you having like like uh, like uh, big name acts come in from 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 uh, North America, or is it more kind of uh, big like Chinese artists and uh... a number of Chinese artists? But uh, I mean, our opening the opening night we had Kylie Minogue. Okay, well that's so, a pretty big artist. Short, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. Shortly after that, we had uh, we had Sam Smith. Shortly after that, awesome man. You know, so yeah, we're we're we get a chance to work at that caliber. Uh, okay. And then, of course, there's a number of uh, regional artists, you know, from China, from Taiwan, uh, from Hong Kong. Yeah. So there's a, yeah, a lot of concerts. We did um, a theatrical group called uh, Fuerza Bruta. That was a month-long show. That was fantastic. It, that was a, a theater. I don't know how to explain. It's kind of like a theater and a rave party mashed together on steroids. Um, <laughs> that was cool. Uh Groups like uh, Jabberwockies, which I, they they were winners of uh, of America's Got Talent. Um, so yeah, it, that's one thing working with. Uh, that's one thing I really enjoy because uh, you know, as you're as all musicians, you know, when you're starting out, you're fighting and clawing, and from the '80s and '90s, you know, guys are trying to get record deals and contracts and trying to get someone to pick up the phone. Yeah. Um, you know, when you send out an email and it's got an MGM logo on the bottom of it, people call you back. Um, <laughs> <You're right. laughs> you A know, I've had phone calls MGM. back from people like, wow, hey, that was fast. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it gives, it gives a, again, a great opportunity. You know, it's just a chance to, to work at, a, at another level. 
you know, and things with casinos, things can happen really fast. Right. You know, we've had guests that uh, we had an artist, uh, artist came from uh, Lebanon, actually, uh, this Arabic singer. And this all happened in days. You know, the client wanted this Grammy award winning singer. We want her. And she brought a band. I think it was about 10 or 11 people. They were so they're crazy good. But mm -hmm. they don't want to, you know, on the break. What about the band breaks? Oh, we don't want a DJ. Okay. So we got, you know, brought in a whole salsa band and Brazilian girls and stuff like that. That's the break band. That's the so break. you've got all, you know, yeah. these huge setups. And that happened on, I think, a Friday or a Saturday night. <clears throat> and then uh, I left on holiday and, and man called and said, they want to do this again. Like they're going to do it on Wednesday. So, ah, you know, you got to change flights. Bang, bang. Well, so okay. with the hotels, you get with, you know, with a casino operation, you get a chance to do things hard and fast. And that's, right. that's really exciting. Yeah, I'm sure. And Macau, I mean, of course, it's like the, I mean, the Las <clears throat> Vegas of, uh, of um, Southeast Asia, right? I mean, the, the, the whole, when I was, first time I went there, Darren, I remember going to like uh, Lisboa. There was Lisboa. Uh, the casino. Oh, back in the day, yeah. Back in the day, and I remember they were just breaking ground for one of the big, I forget if it was the win or mm. they were just breaking or ground sands. for it. Or the yeah. sands. Yeah. Well, the last time I was, I haven't been back since, but I, I remember really liking, liking Macau and then going to this, uh, I met my, uh, my wife actually in, in, in Macau. Um, she's not from Macau. She's Canadian, but right. she came to a gig and we met there. And I took her to this very famous seafood restaurant, but uh, on the other island. Oh, in Taipa. Yeah. Yeah. I forget what it was called. Uh, Pepe's or like a Spanish Fernandos. name. Yes. Fernandos. Fernandos. <laughs> that was right. <laughs> so yeah. I brought her there. We had just met and I'm like, this is going to be really cool, you know. And yeah, we'll go to Fernando's. It's world famous. And it's, you know, you've been to Fernando's. Uh, it's like a, yeah recently yeah recently it's, yes it's okay, still there. Well, yeah but it's not a fancy restaurant right it's you know it's very not at all not at all i was like this is fernando's anyway uh long story short she we came home after and she had just come to asia first time and i guess something that she ate didn't agree with her just maybe first time you know flying yeah and oh my goodness she was so ill from from <laughs> from that that um that day nothing to do with fernando's i i, I was fine <clears throat> I ate, I was fine. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, when you first come to Asia, a lot of times the water, whatever, you just, you're, 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 um, yeah. you're, you're not prepared for it. Yeah. But uh, had, had great times in Macau, played at the embassy bar when I played there. Oh yeah. And I know. Yeah, That's, man. Yeah. You remember that, right? I, that was home base for a long time. Yeah. I used that place for a lot of different gigs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know and, that. I know. In fact, I still, I mean, well, there's a lot of folks, I mean, who came through Embassy Bar? Uh, if you're in Singapore, Jonas. Uh, well, Jonas, I was course. there. The, Jonas' first night, we were there. You were there for his first night. Yeah. Oh yeah, awesome. awesome. Yeah. He's usually yeah, on. We had, to, we, ha we had to have a discussion on on uh, the band's consumption. I think that was one of the first discussions <laughs> we ever had. <laughs> this that is how it's got to be. Work that was us. the first yeah, night I worked in Bricks. We had the same discussions, and Mike, you guys gotta like, uh, yeah, you gotta slow down a bit. He's usually on. He's usually on the show, and he usually comments. But he's just uh, his son was born uh, a month yeah. ago, yeah. so um, I think he's, he's either changing a diaper now or he's taking a nap. 
Yeah, I'm exactly. He'll be he'll be up shortly. He'll be up shortly. He'll be up shortly. He'll he'll hear that we referenced him. Yeah, the the embassy bar and uh, fond memories, man. Taking the ferry, uh, the, the 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 hovercraft was it to to to, to Hong yeah, Kong? Yeah, the jet yeah the jet foil back and forth. Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, yes. So so that's it for now. Macau is Macau is your home home base. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, I've lived here since the beginning of two thousand eight. This is this is home. I mean, I'm a I'm a Macau resident. My children are born here. Okay. Um, this is, yeah, this is, and it's, it's a good place to be. It's a good place to live. I mean, it's really safe. Uh, yeah. it's easy to travel. Well, not right now, of course, but in most right. cases it's, it's easy to travel and, you know, from here. So I'm, I'm quite happy here. Yeah, I do. My, my wife is terrified that, uh, you know, we go back and see my family that I'm going to end up on a ranch in the Southern Alberta mountains, which, you know, I, I could do that in a heartbeat, but, uh, I'm, I've been told that that's not, that's not in the cards. <laughs> a true Canadian. You're a true Canadian then. I mean, yeah, home is home, right? But uh, yeah. I feel the same way. I mean, I've lived in Asia 22 years, but uh, when I say home, I always think, of course, home is, is Canada. Yeah. But this is, this is like a second home for me, and I'm sure you feel the same way about, about Macau, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, this yeah. really is home, you know, and, and I, I think it's great to be out here and for for kids, it's a little challenging, but at the same time, you know they they have opportunities to be in school and and uh, you know be surrounded by you know they speak two three languages and right you know to you go yeah it, it, we have a lot of family. My wife's family is, has a huge huge family, so we have a lot of family here, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, very good. Very cool, very cool. And let me let me ask you: when you were really young, did you have the uh... The, the the rock star dream like I did when I was a teenager like you know that was the goal was to it wasn't to, I didn't think about being a musician until a little bit later on when I really first started it was of course uh the rock star thing you know I'm wondering if you went when you were um that that young you know, probably you later probably later I my mom sent me a photo uh she she's the one that got me started actually she bought me a drum set in 1983 and i i have a picture of it that you know i didn't even know how to hold the drumsticks and uh you know she got me she got me this white uh maxwin drum set and uh away we went you know a couple years later i was uh yeah maybe a couple years not even um i was playing with a with a band with um uh at the time, my girlfriend's father, uh, he had a country band and we play, you know, I was making great money playing the Royal Canadian Legions. Yeah. Um, I, I, around, I around, Legions. Yeah. I played in Legions. And, uh, well. playing, playing, you know, Patsy Cline and, and, uh, you know, Randy Travis and all that stuff. And, and that was actually a great experience too, because you got people that are out to dance, you know, they come out to dance and, mm. uh, you have to, you cannot be messing up the time because they have steps, you know, the, the, the people, the, the guests, you know, they, country dancing is, is, uh, you know, it's not a shuffle. Um, so <laughs> th these, these people have steps that you've got to, you've got to do it right. They're very particular. So that was a really good education really early on. Very and I was cool. surprised. I was like, man, I'm getting paid pretty good for this. So, mm -hmm. um, it was fantastic. It's, yeah. it's interesting, Darren. Usually it's, uh, at least for me, it's the opposite, you know, it's like, uh, cause drums were my first instrument and it was yeah. like, you know, can I can I get some drums? No, 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 no. You're not getting drums. You're, where are you going to play drums? And it's, it's it's like funny. Your mom would just say, "Hey, here's a drum set, son." You know, I I um had to beg to get drums, and I actually had to get a summer job 
to, you know, because they just said, we're not buying you drums, just forget about it. So I got a summer job and yeah. just started saving up. And I bought my first kit, like, piece by piece. I bought, I remember buying a hi-hat stand, Steve's Music yeah. Store. I came <clears> home <throat> on the bus with a high, just a hi-hat stand in a box, but it had the Ludwig logo on it. And I was like, in yeah. I was just like, this is it. This is it. I, I, I've made it. Yeah, no, I just, I remember the day my, my mom, my, myself and my younger brother, she just said, Hey, you guys need to go in your room and just wait for a little bit. And then, you know, I guess they brought the drums over and they set them up and I don't even know if they were set up correctly, really, but then it was like, <laughs> okay, come out and there's a drum set. She's the one who got me started on the path and she Very just cool. loved, she just loved drums. She thought drums are cool. And she bought my younger brother a guitar that he he was never in bands or anything, but she bought him a, a little electric guitar and got me a drum set. And it was a steep downhill, uh, <laughs> steep downhill after that. Yeah. I think, I think it was a good, a good choice for your mom to do. I think it was a really good choice. Cause uh, yeah, she's been super supportive. I mean, back now it's different, you know, you can keep in touch with your family and, and uh, you know, you can, have calls on zoom or WeChat or Skype or whatever, but you know, you start coming out, even traveling around Canada, you know, in the eighties, you're, you know, it's long distance calls. you you don't see your family, you know, you, yeah. you send postcards, you write letters, you phone once in a while. Yeah. Uh, and then coming to Asia, you know, she, she was really worried about that. She's like, you're going where? Mm -hmm, you know, right. You're going, wait, where you're going, where, when? <laughs> um, so it was a different time, but she, uh, she let it happen. She was, uh, always very, very supportive. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very cool. And, uh, let me ask you what, what the technology thing you're yeah. so into it, but like uh, you're, 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 you're into that now. I mean, that's really your role yeah. there. What do you feel about the whole, like, um, you know, the, um, streaming, like people, like musicians now trying to stream shows and I see DJs trying to go on and do a DJ set but a virtual one. What are your feelings uh, on that? And do you think there's any kind of um, future for it? Like, are people going to just sit home now forever and just look at things on 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 the, on a screen, so to speak? You know, on a on a chat. I hope not. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, everything evolves, right? So, it's yeah. Far be it for me to say it's a good or a bad thing, but um, I just believe entertainment there has to be a live connection, you know, mm -hmm. the, the connection of a, of a performer on stage, be it in a, in a theater or, you know, an opera house or a rock concert or a nightclub, that connection between the, the performer and the audience has to be there. And I mean, you and I can sit and talk like this and that's fantastic. You know, we can see each other and everything, but if we were sitting at the table, there's a different vibe, you know, and, and I, I don't think that'll ever, ever go away. I know something that we're doing at MGM, we're putting a lot of focus on things like hybrid meetings. We just did one last week where we have, you know, a ballroom full of people and they're, you know, they're on the stage and they're talking. And then we have people up virtually, you know, in, in other cities or other countries. And, you know, we're able to, to manage, you know, however many people are online and however many people are in the room and back and forth, you know, multiple cameras to film it. You know, this is, this is something that we're doing now. Right. Um, as a business and it's something we offer we're working to to offer this to clients in the future and it is the future it's part of the future mm. but i i just hope i really hope things get back to a point where entertainment is is a is a live a live event you know i i hope that never never goes away 
Um, I, I tend to agree. Of course, I agree with you 100 percent. And I, I, I don't I don't see it going away. I think, you know, there's use for this and it's going to evolve. But, you know, uh, the, 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 the interconnection of people, we're social beings. We want to go out. We want to get, you know, see our friends and, and exchange stories and just just to be in, in, in each other's presence. And, you know, uh, and then yeah. listen, to, listen to music and, if, you know, dance, whatever, to, to that whole social interaction. I agree. I don't think it's it's ever going to go away. But um, it's interesting that the technology has really um, what it's done it's to music in the music industry and entertainment industry. It's uh, it's pretty yeah. incredible. I mean, there's some of the things I watched uh, <clears throat> a bunch of different artists. They did a, um, a Foo Fighters song, you know, those kind of things where you got all these you know, these people collaborating. I've got you know lots of different friends you know uh, uh mary's doing like uh you know she's playing keyboards and there's a drummer here and, and a bass player over there that's really cool and yeah. i you know i think it's great and i think it's fun to see musicians and performers find a way you know like nature finds a way you're you're going to keep performing those who really love this are going to find a way to keep doing it mm -hmm. but i'm I would hope that most of those folks would also really prefer to be in front of people and, yeah, and sure. large crowd, small crowd, doesn't matter just to get that connection, that, that, that live, that live connection. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely going to come back. It's just, uh, I keep saying it every week on the show, it's just taking longer than we all expected this, uh, this COVID thing. It's just dragging out than uh, much longer than we, we expected, but uh, yeah, th things are opening up. But it'll come back. It'll yeah. come back, you know, and, and I know it's I know it's really hard for <clears throat> for a lot of people. I, I you know, and I my heart goes out to folks. It can be really, really tough. Um, yeah. I think being in Macau, we're in a pretty we're lucky to be in the in the in the location we are at the time. Um, mm. And there's people that have it much worse. And hopefully, uh, hopefully yeah. things get get sorted out and, and people get back on track and lives get going again. Absolutely, man. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you've been a great guest, man. Really enjoyed this. Um, Darren, I always ask my guests at the end of the uh, show uh, to do a little desert island uh, uh, thing with me. So basically, it's um, when I was a kid, it was called Desert Island Discs. And, you know, you'd, you can choose so many right. records to bring on, on an island. I'm just so curious because I have no idea of your I know you came up with a lot of different kinds of music, but I have no idea of your musical taste. So I'm kind of curious. So that's the scenario. You're stranded on a desert island. You have a device and you can stream any three artists, not songs or albums. You can pick three artists and you get their entire uh, catalog. Uh, right. Who do you think you'd want to uh, have to listen to for the rest of eternity? It's a pretty standard answer, but the first one's the Beatles. I, hey. I challenge I challenge anyone to find a, a band with deeper catalog you know, no one. You're the first person amazing been on the show to say the Beatles, and I think that's a great oh, choice. Man. There's, there's, a, there's yeah. a lot of great. the mm -hmm. Beatles. Um, I think the second one, Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters, okay. Foo Fighters. Cool. I just I love what they stand for. You know that the the kind of stuff the band. They're first. They're a band. They're yes. a band. They you know, and they've been a band for a long time. I love how they record. I don't. I don't even like all the songs, but I, mm. I like what they stand for. And uh, the songs that I do love, I really, really, I really love. A lot of their songs have really connected with me. Yeah. And I think the third one, Prince. 
Very cool. Yes, there's another yeah. great. Catalog. I guess that dates me a little bit, doesn't it? Well, hey, no, Beatles, Foo no. Fighters, and Prince. Oh man, <laughs> but those are three great art. I believe they're three great artists. You know, I agree. I think they're great choices, man. Yeah, and uh, I think someone's picked Prince. I think someone else has picked Prince, but no one's picked Foo Fighters, and I'm surprised no one has picked uh, uh, the Beatles because, uh, yeah, really, Beatles, wow. I've not done I'm my a little torn. See, I, I was there with Prince or David Bowie. I wasn't quite, but I thought, you know. For variety, maybe Prince, but if I could slide a fourth somehow, okay. <laughs> that would you know. be Bowie, right? <clears throat> yeah, Prince covering David Bowie songs, maybe I don't know. Nice, <laughs> very cool, good choices, man. Yeah, the Beatles. That's that's no one's and no one's thought of the Beatles. No one's, you know. I mean, everyone's got their own taste. I've had people, you know, would chose a gospel artist I've not heard of, and then yeah. uh, someone chose some some very like kind of chanty artist. Like I mean, chanting as in you know uh gregorian like mm, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, you know yeah Thomas cool Thomas, yeah. yeah it's cool the, the the spectrum of music uh you know uh how it crosses uh from from person to person and background to background i always always like like uh to hear what the, the guests yeah. are gonna have to, well, it's, to it's pretty amazing i think all roads i for rock and roll anyway are all roads somehow go through go back to the beatles <laughs> you know there's just no way around it you know, yeah, I mean, now. I think that the, their influence on that whole generation of musicians that came after them is just it. We're, we still feel mm -hmm. it today. If you look at, uh, I'm sure Dave Grohl would, would, would you know, uh, Foo Fighters, those guys would, would reference the Beatles, right? They did. Um, what was the movie I saw? Sound City. Have you seen Sound City? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome, awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome, right? Where he buys that they, board out of that studio and then. The Neve. At, yeah. Yeah. The end, I've been to that part. studio. Ooh. They they, they did a good tribute. I've been to that studio. They oh really? Huh? That was uh, oh that was dark, dark times in there. But uh, <laughs> cool man. But uh, yeah, he did a great he did a great tribute to that. I really yeah. See, that's the kind of reason I love the Foo Fighters. I like that Dave Grohl does that. Yeah, and he also did that. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, they went across the USA, and they were in different cities. They're in New Orleans. They're in. Uh, 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 they're at the Grand Old Opry. They're in Chicago, and they would hook up with a local artist, and they would go to like a studio or, or wherever they were. Like in New Orleans, they were down in, in uh, uh, down in the old in the old part of town there, and they they rented out a place and they record a song that week. Bang! And it was like I just love that he does those things. You know, you just tell this guy has such a passion. Oh, absolutely! For for for, for all of it, just for for the whole for the whole journey. And I think that's just that that in itself to me is something to aspire to, you yeah. know, it, however you get there. But it, the way the way that Dave Grohl just really has reverence for 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 the musical journey and the, the, the musical existence. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, no, I loved it. I mean, just following their story when when he talks about the way the three of them picked the, uh, got into the van. Uh, when Nirvana was just starting yeah. to, drive, to drive to that studio in their little little van together. Yeah. to record that album it's it's kind of like what you were talking about earlier on is getting in a van with your buddies and you know we're going to go from uh you know um calgary to to to, to vancouver yeah and it, yeah those kind of things that uh, i think those are the things that, that make, really make the music that uh we're, we're uh, missing a little bit today in in, in, the, in the music yeah. i don't know it's just well the, the other the other challenge with that was uh i guess this dates me a little bit again too but Sooner or later, you come across a movie called This is Spinal Tap. And then, uh, 
you know, you're sitting there watching it with your friends or girlfriends. And I, I remember, you know, watching it and a bunch of us were, we're just cheering, you know, like, you know, puppet show and Spinal Tap. Uh, but I remember my girlfriend at the time going, why are you guys laughing? This, this is how you live, you know? So <laughs> the, the reality of some of those things set in and you're like, oh, well, maybe maybe it's time to transition here and there yeah yeah well and that you certainly have man it's quite incredible you've gone from from musician into uh you know working with bands at, at mgm and then going into it and uh uh a music um doing the thing with with soul tone uh distributing and then working at the school i think you've touched on a lot of uh a lot of different yeah. uh, aspects and, of and all of it all of it has a thread like i mean the things you learn playing you know that you hope i mean we all party a lot and have fun but there's there's discipline there's uh you know you got to have respect there's there's so many elements that you have to learn as a musician especially in a band and working with others and that stuff just translates uh you know i the the things i learned in in the first bands i was ever in are things that are still applicable today mm -hmm. and um i think there's there's a real there's a real value to getting out and playing live and learning a trade um to me again to me music's a trade it's really it's not there was yeah. never act like you said the rock star thing i i treated it like making cabinets yeah. you know it's i i wanted to be good um i still would like to be good one day i i wanted <laughs> to be good at, at what i was doing you know and and uh uh i i would go see musicians that i looked up to and and who can just handle it well henry brown right i mean that that guy can handle any situation you put him with with any band on the planet he's got it done you know mm -hmm. there's a lot of musicians that that, that have that capability and, and that's not you know that you earn that capability you know you don't wake up and and jump out of bed one day and suddenly you have that kind of experience you you that experience is earned yeah so um i you know that was always how i wanted to be it just like a a, a tradesman a craftsman hopefully one mm -hmm. day you know and, and yeah. really try to understand my trade yeah absolutely man that's the way to, to look at it i say to be successful is it is to look at it that way and and think of it kind of yeah you're in a business you know, the music yeah. industry music business yeah i was talking about yeah. really when i was really really young you know and that's that's again that's like beatles kind of oh the beatles and the stones and rock stars and when i was really young as soon as i started to work and get gigs then of course yeah you know i just yeah, you want to learn the trade and how to be prepared for different gigs and be versatile enough to, to do this gig, how to get along with people, showing up on time, yeah. all, all those things, I guess, that we're yeah, yeah. talking about. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful, man. Well, listen, uh, thank you so much for, for, for taking the time and, and coming on Thanks. Beyond Notes, Darren. Thank really, you, Michael. Yeah. Really appreciate it, man. Uh, quite, a, quite a journey, quite, quite a story, man. And uh, continued success, continued health. Thank you. And... Um, Hopefully, like you said, it's opening up and it's, it's, it will, uh, everybody, we, we're, we know it will get better. Just, just, uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah, you know, hopefully people get back to back performing soon. You know, the more, yeah. the more, the sooner people are back on stage, the better we're all going to be. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better yeah. myself, man. Okay. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to Beyond Notes. Thank you. We'll, we'll see you next Friday once again. Thank you so much, Darren, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. Thanks right. so much. Thanks, everybody. Take care. We'll see you next week.